Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the Grouch Anthem? No, no, no. With a Grouch Anthem, you stay sitting down. Down in front, man. You should never let people see your card. When bluff, when call. I did not raise. I flipped over the ace. I raked in the chips. Put a good pop. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Badoogie All-Stars. This is Nixon the Grouch. And Mitch. So I did I, after last week I figured going alone was just painful for all of us, especially me. So I actually thought it was really good. Did you really? Yeah, because when I heard that you're going by yourself, I was like, this is the stupidest idea ever. Like, he's going to talk to himself. But I thought it was really good. All of it? Or just like there were like parts that just made you forget the others? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mean this to be like a patting on the back thing, but now that it is, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, well, the beginning, at least before the, the interview was really good, but the beginning, I don't know, it's kind of like a video blog without the video part. Yeah, I, what I learned is that it, like the lack of preparation that I've been able to kind of skate by on doing it with somebody else does not fly by myself because there, there's a pause. There is no one else to fill that space. But <laughs> um, Plus, I get really, I found really, really neurotic about listening to myself talk over and over again. So yeah, that, that got a little bad. But, but anyway, so how are things with you? Are you, I mean, have you been enjoying all of the fame that has come from being on our podcast a few weeks ago? Yes. I actually stopped listening when mine came out because I didn't want to hear myself and then I forgot to listen to episodes and a few days ago I was like I should listen to remember what this is all about again and the plan is backfiring because I was just talking about the plan with (laughs) Jordan last week that if I mention people or have them on they have to listen and I have done exactly the opposite but driven away (laughs) a listener yeah I listened to everyone before mine oh man you listen to AU Morgan and not yourself that is amazing (laughs) I feel bad that I keep going back to making fun of him. It's not really his fault. He was on at the beginning. He was an excellent interview. I just want to see if he's listening now. I'll know. Um, so, yeah, so how are, how, how are things poker-related? Good. Um, I've been playing No Limit for the last kind of six weeks and started at 10 No Limit and been working my way up, uh, mainly on on-game. And so I'm up to 50 No Limit now, and the games seem really good. And, um, yeah. Are they pretty, like, Reagan-fested, or is it, like, just tons of fish? I'm so used to the U.S. games that were, I mean, there were fish, but it, there were a lot of people that had some semblance of a clue. Yeah, um, there's not that many fish, but not many people seem to table select that well, so it's kind of like, you can still find two fish on the tables and stuff, but a lot of the tables just have six regs, which is really strange. Um, and on-game has no wait lists either, which is really good, because, like, on PokerStars, sometimes a day like every good table has like five or six people on the wait list but on on game if you kind of just wait and watch the lobby and like watch the table pop up you can kind of get in quick do you find that i mean are you using software to get in or are you just paying attention and just clicking quickly uh just paying attention the i, I kind of have it filtered so the only tables that pop up are not empty and not full tables and um on the on game client it shows a little circle of the table whenever you just click on the table rather than showing a players list so you can choose your seat straight from there wow that's cool i would just my first thought was lack of wait list it would be frustrating to try and you know get a game but i guess if yeah there's no wait list you just are rewarded for paying attention 
Yeah, I mean, I assume at the higher stakes it'd be hard. And sometimes when there's a lot of people on, like, you need to click really fast, like, a good table will be up for, like, two or three seconds before it's gone, or, or even less. Um, but most of the time, like, good tables are always around. That's cool. You can use HUDs and all that on on-game. I don't... I mean, it's, it's just the lack of a wait list is the only thing that's different from, like, Poker Stars or something like that. Um, yeah, also, they have... It's six max tables, but the seating selection's on a 10-player table. So whenever one person leaves and there's five on the table, you can choose any empty seat, so you can always, like, get position on the fish. Wait, say that again? Sorry, that doesn't... It's So uh, imagine, like, a star's full ring table, but once six people sit... Like, oh, the so there might be down. an invisible gap next to a fish yeah. that only appears when someone stands up. Yes. How interesting. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so a lot of the times, like, you know who the fish is because, like, there's just a line of people, like, line, like it's like a semicircle around the table kind of thing. That's, can you see that there's an empty seat there that can't be taken? Like, you'll know next time someone stands up, I'm moving? Or um, Yeah, it's, it's not displayed as, like, a six-max table. Like, everyone's not in, like, uniform positions. It's still, like, a full ring table. Okay, so it's, okay. I wasn't sure if they, like, filled in the gaps or something like that. No, yeah. That's cool. Um, I mean, do you miss PLO? Was it, was it a hard transition to get back? Um, not really. I think the biggest thing was the confidence, like just like running bad and like breaking even and losing a lot. It was like really hard to like throw myself completely into no limit. And like even like, like I've, I've had really good results, but the first few days um, I was kind of like, like I'd win all the time and I'd be like, hmm, this feels strange. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought to get back into No Limit, and I think a lot of the PLO concepts transferred really well back into No Limit. Because um, overall, it's just like a, a simpler game, really. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what... I, at first, I thought, oh, you know, it's like when I started playing golf, like, it ruined my baseball swing when I was younger, and I was like, oh, it's going to be like that with PLO, but actually, like, playing PLO, I feel like a lot of the concepts that I sort of had kind of a handle on in no limit i have to learn in plo and it's just making me better at reading board textures and figure out you know c-betting spots and stuff and it's just not so i don't i'm not an autopilot like i used to be yeah yeah i found the biggest things were like planning ahead and um just understanding protection how that really works yeah i was i mean i i had del crosby sweating me last night we were talking about a couple of things and one of them was like the mistakes of no limit being calling too much where the mistaken PLO is folding too much. And I hadn't yes. really thought about what I was trying to get people to do to make a mistake in no limit. I mean, like you kind of know, you know, value betting, ABC poker, all that kind of stuff. But I never really thought about it in those terms that by making them call, I'm making them make mistakes every time they do it, even if they do, you know, catch their card or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so it's, I mean, as far as PLO for me, it's been a little bit, less exciting but i don't know it's it's hard for me to tell how i'm doing and how i'm running like to separate the two yeah i know i'm losing well i'm not losing a lot i know that i haven't been winning and i can't tell if it's you know running hands in into hands that i should have known were there or if it's just someone playing something really dumb and having a random hand that sucks out on me so mm -hmm. so i mean like speaking of that so i was going to ask you like the pro poker tools I'm trying to run hands through there. Do you have things that you did at the beginning of your PLO career to kind of get a handle on equities? 
Um, for me, the biggest thing was just looking in Holder Manager. Like every time it went to Showdown, um, looking at the equities and the like hand history pop up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about Pro Poker Tools for ranges is in PLO it's hard because you can't weight the ranges properly. Um, say for instance, you know, it's a ridiculous example, but say his range is like either he's at, he has aces or he has like seven deuce and then two random cards. Like obviously he's going to be playing 100% of his ace, ace, random, random hands, but you don't know how many he's going to be playing of his seven deuce hands. Um, you know, Pro Poker Tools would just assume 100% unless you kind of like do some tricky weighting. So whenever you create a range and just put it in and see the equity and say, oh, I'm doing 40% against his range, um, a lot of the time it's not that accurate. Okay, so like an example might be like, if you're trying to figure out if he has the like a straight draw or whatever, like hands that have three cards to a straight draw, like a lot of those danglers they maybe aren't playing, and so yeah. you end up with more wraps than really exist. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And it's it's really tricky to kind of weight it. It can give you a good idea, though, and there are some situations where it'll give you good answers for ranges um, when you have like kind of more exact ranges. Um, but looking at Holder Manager would be like by far the big, like every time a thing goes to showdown. And some people don't know this, but um, on the heads up display, if where it says like their name and the pot size, then like there'll be like three rows. If a name's italicized or whatever, however you say that, um, that means it went to showdown. Okay. Yeah. I never even, I noticed that some were and some weren't. I never really thought about why they were. Right. Yeah. And, and so like whenever I'd see that, um, I just look at the hands, even if it was a hand I didn't play in, um, just to have a look. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what Del Crespi was suggesting to me when I was talking to him today about yesterday was that to look at the hands, try and guess what the equity is and then mm-hmm. kind of look at it as, and then I can put it in pro poker tools and start playing with cards like, Oh, what if they had a backdoor? What if they had this? I think yeah. the problem for me when I get into ranges is I just don't know. I don't have any idea oh, you know, he probably has a set here. Maybe he has this hand or this hand. I, di- I don't know. I mm-hmm. I know what I have. I know what possible hands are out there, but it's figuring out like, oh, you know, it's a jack high board. I have aces. I see bet. He calls. What does he have? At this, You know? Right. Yeah, I mean, well, that sounds like a really good idea with the trying to guess um, percentages. And yeah, yeah with, the, with the ranges, I'd just like, you can do them very fuzzily, like kind of group them together. Like these are the kind of drawers you can have. These are the kind of made hands, but you don't need to be too exact. And even someone like, I remember a friend got to ask Phil Galfond, like how exact did he do kind of like PLO combinatorics? Um, and he just said that it's exactly like he says in the video. Like he just kind of says, oh, there's a few flush drawers. There's a few open and straight drawers. There's a few wraps. Um, and he doesn't even do them too exact. And he's at the top. So you really don't need to, um, as long as you know kind of what hands they have, you can kind of just estimate. Okay. And so if I was putting in pro poker tools, I might just like make up, grab a few flush draws at random, grab a few straight draws and just kind of like weight it that way by kind of art, like sort of artificially selecting, like taking off one of the stars. And so I pick three cards instead of two, if I'm trying to figure out if they have two pair or something. Right. Or you can use the, the B and the M and those kind of, those syntax things to weight them. Like if you think there's a three card combo hand and he's only going to have like good ones, you can be like three card combo and then B for the big Broadway cards. Right. Okay. Yeah. I forget that I can do that. I'm used to a poker stove that it's type in the number and that's what you get. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and, and PQL actually is something that like every PLO player should become. That one's going to really show you what you need to know. Um, the just like so you can see how often you know a twenty percent range is going to have a flush draw on this kind of a board or a straight draw on this kind of a board. Um, yeah, like just you find out things like a twenty percent range has a, a straight draw. I mean, a straight sorry, way more on like a queen ten eight board than on a four five six board. Whereas a lot of people will see that four five six board and be like, "Oh, that's a really scary board." There's so many combos of straights they can have. Um, but because of just the, no the cards that are in their range, they're just not going to have the cards that are going to hit that. Straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just like being aware of those things, I think is way more important than knowing like how you're doing against ranges. Okay. Well, yeah, in like an exact sen equity sense, like this is his range kind of thing. Right. Okay. That makes. Yeah, I haven't the pql i look it's one of those things like when i first got poker stove i understand like the mechanics of how to use it but i don't understand how to apply it to my game like i right. i can look at pql i actually i mean i work with databases at work and it's it's based on that syntax and so it's like oh i understand how i could ask it a question i just don't mm -hmm. know what questions to ask it and like what i do with the information i get back it's sort of like oh cool i answered something i sort of feel that way right. watching like that the monopoly however you pronounce it um mm -hmm. is like i'm getting a lot of information i just don't know how to take it and use it to improve and i think part of it is just playing hands i think and looking at equities and thinking like oh why did i what what would i have done if i had what, how would the hand have gone if i had checked instead of bet those sort yeah. of you know those sort of things but yeah i i think with the pql thing one thing that's really important would be you know knowing that like when it when you're against two opponents and it comes down like a two-tone board, knowing that it's they're gonna have one of them's gonna have a flush draw about forty percent, um, or knowing like on a deuce deuce seven board how often a tight player is gonna have trips, um, those kind of things I think are really important. And I mean, t are you learning those by just kind of drilling yourself and like, oh, what, you know, how often does this happen? And like, what do you think the answer is? Oh, look, that's the answer. Or is it like specific hands that kind of prompted the question of like, oh, I keep running into flushes here. Like, I wonder how many. Or what are the odds that he has a flush draw or something like that? Right. It's more just general things. And like, it's kind of one of those things I, you know, when I'm holding top two on a monotone board, like a lot of the time I'm wondering, like, how often does one player actually have a flush kind of thing um, that leads to that rather than specific hands? Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I was like, I was reading an article on combinatorics and they were talking about that, you know, getting aces and getting a single suit being way more common than getting, you know, rainbow. And it was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, obviously, mathematically, like, I should have been able to figure that out. But it hadn't occurred to me that, you know, the fact that I keep getting single-suited aces happens more often just because of, like, the likelihood of it happening. Um, yeah. And so I think a lot of just the intuition of PLO is still, it's not intuitive to me. It's like I have to think about each thing. Like, what are the, the combinations that he could have here? Where Hold'em, I kind of had a sense of, like, okay, if he has ace-king or a pair you know, the pair is going to happen this much less frequently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, actually, the biggest thing I learned in combinatorics for um, PLO from Casino Crime was a two-card combo. So, like, ace-king, star-star is 6% of a range. A three-card combo is 1% of a range. And a four-card combo is 0.1% of a range. So, a lot of the time when people are saying, like, oh, you can have two pair or wraps kind of as a range, he's going to have those wraps far, far less because it's a three-card combo. Whereas a lot of the time I feel that people kind of weight them similarly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I just, I was thinking about how I was weighting ranges when I was playing with 
Pro Poker Tools in the last couple of days, and I did not think about that at all. It didn't even occur to me that it's so intuitive. I think that's what hap- keeps happening with PLO things is someone tells me something, and it's like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Why didn't I think of yeah. that? And I think once I kind of get some of these basics under my belt, it'll be really easy just to go ahead and like take the next step and figure out some things on my own versus waiting while people tell me. But I guess that's sort of part of No Limit, too, is like I, you know, you, someone has to tell you don't open King-9 under the gun before you you don't have time to figure it out on your own it would take forever yeah definitely um one thing i found coming back to no limit though is like how many more resources there are like in plo i felt a lot of the time like i was always waiting for that next video to come out to learn more but um no limit there's just like so much to watch and so much to learn um that and i feel like that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing for plo whereas if you can find the coaches and find the the content really takes stuff away from it. You're going to like be so far ahead of the standard poker player just because there's not much stuff out there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, is that, what was the last time you watched No Limit videos really? I mean, I'm assuming when you're playing PLO, you weren't watching many. Uh, no, I hadn't watched them for like, uh, uh, actually I watched them a bit at the start of the year when I was playing mixed games. But other than that, I hadn't watched them for like a year. Okay. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff then just that's new. But... Yeah. I mean, are you, of the content that's out there, is there one that's like really changed your game that you, you know, like, I mean, considering where your no limit game was before to now that it's like, Oh, I was making this huge mistake, you know, when I was playing no limit before now that you've watched, you know, one series or one video or something. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> Oh, we're not affiliated with DC, but source did some, um, micro stakes videos on Lego poker. Um, and seeing how he responds, I mean, actually, you don't even need a subscription to see the comments, like seeing how he responds to hands, because um, he's a big like mathematics of poker guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just blew my mind. And like, I'd, I've been coached by like Wilt on Tilt and like, I used to get pretty high up there in No Limit and I'd seen nothing like the kind of stuff he was doing and he was applying it to like 50 No Limit hands. I um, mean, the kind of No Limit waiting he did and working out like, you know, I can take an EV loss here and I have to make up this much of an EV here and this is how I'm going to do it because I'm going to flop these kind of hands, this percent. Um, And how in-depth he went into like seemingly standard hands was just like really eye-opening and kind of showed me that like anyone who thinks that they're near the top of No Limit or there's not much more to learn, like just really doesn't understand it because it just, there's like a whole new way of doing it out there that very few people are doing it. Wow. Yeah. That. I mean, I I think of 50 No Limit as kind of being the gateway into like real poker where like it gets really serious and you're having to like balance and all these sort of things where mm-hmm. like 25 and 50 for the most part, no one notices anything and you could just sort of, you can adjust to them more than you can expect them to adjust to you. But sitting there and crunching the math just wouldn't have occurred to me. Not that I thought I was at the top of my game, but I still wouldn't have done it. But yeah. Are you spending a lot of time away from the table? Um, not at the moment. I feel that I've been, you know, been in the games for like five big bets. So, um, I've just been trying to focus on grinding and kind of like more so upkeep than trying to like learn a lot of new stuff. But I think that as I keep going up the limits, um, I'll start studying a lot more. Do you have plans? Do you have bankroll numbers for moving up or are you just kind of doing it? Um, at the moment I'm, it's pretty aggressive. I'm kind of taking shots once i get to 20 uh buy-ins for the new level and moving down once i have 30 for the old level okay um 
and the plan is like once I get to like 100 or 200 no limit play that and then play one limit lower of PLO on the side and just run better <laughs> yeah hopefully well it won't matter as much then because of the no limit um, which is it's I feel a lot better when I'm not depending on PLO for the whole thing do you think you were playing like scared money at all when you were playing PLO, was like your run bad affecting your play, or was were you pretty? Um, tell us about it. I didn't think so at the time, but once I changed to no limit, I realized that like my confidence was just shot. Um, that it's just really hard to like go through that and keep like playing your best and keep feeling good about. You know, like I'd have top set on a two tone board, like king seven deuce, and like the money would be going in, and I'd be like feeling really bad about it, like. <laughs> I guess I got to get it in kind of thing. Um, and like, that's just really not good for your game, no matter how like tiltless you think you are kind of thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it definitely wears, I mean, that's what, that's the hardest thing for me with PLO is I don't know when it's like, ah, oh, just one of those things. Like I actually gotten pretty good with no limit. Like, I mean, I, I tell everyone this, I remember like one of my first tournaments when I played online is I got it all in against a higher flush and like one out at a straight flush on the river in a big tournament. <laughs> and I just keep that in mind. And I remember anytime someone does it to me, it's like, that's how it's part of poker, whatever. And I can deal with it because I understand what just happened in mm -hmm. PLO. I don't know. Like, did I do something dumb? And then I lost because he had a billion outs. Did I do something really smart? And he just got lucky because he's stupid. And so then I sit there scratching my head for the next six hands. while I look at the hand history while I play trying to figure out like, what, are, what could I have done differently? It's just, it's mentally taxing for me for sure. I mean, I enjoy yeah. learning new things. So that part is good. It's just the not knowing when I am doing things right is really frustrating for me. Yeah. And it's a lot harder as well in PLO to get someone to tell you this is definitely right. Like it's a lot, there are some hands which are very obvious, but there's a lot of hands where nobody can kind of come to a consensus on what the right play is um, a lot more often than saying no limit. And so, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to identify when you're doing things good and bad. Yeah. So, I mean, part of it, I guess, is just kind of building up a, a sample and then kind of going with it. But um, anyway, that's all I have on that. So, maybe, so I was going to talk about the news. The only thing that I have been following in the poker news has been this whole, like, dog is head jungle man thing. Like, I know, you, yeah. I know you've been following it, too. Like, I would wake up and send you an IM to find, find out what was <laughs> happening while I was sleeping. It's like, yeah. it was like 24 hour news. Like it would be at random times. Someone would come forward from somewhere and like, Oh, has anyone looked at this yet? And this, <laughs> it was crazy. Like I was telling, I was trying, I had to explain like, like multi-accounting to people that didn't play poker so that, <laughs> so that I could tell them this story. Cause I was like, Same. I got to tell someone this. And it's like, <laughs> all right, so, so you're not supposed to share accounts, but if here's what happens. And I was explaining it. It's like, it doesn't sound that ethically questionable when you explain multi-accounting to someone who doesn't understand the implications, but yeah, it's like, no, this is really bad. You don't understand. But yeah, I don't, I actually don't find the multi-accounting to be that bad overall. Like, I mean, it's, you shouldn't be doing it, but at the same time, like, I just think the way the information came out makes everyone look so horrible. Yeah. Yeah, other than, like, Jose doing the, the scamming, like, the other stuff is... I mean, I think it's also been talked about, but for the Americans that haven't really played on that much, like, networks, um, multi-accounting, while it's, like, wrong, it's, like, not that big of a deal because if like if some you're going to have like five or six accounts on different skins so if somebody's not giving you action on one account like you can just play on another one of your accounts like completely within the rules um 
So, you know, it was wrong, but the type of advantage he was, the jungle man was getting was like pretty much nil, I would say. Um, I think that happened. I mean, for the US, I think there was something with somebody was like, someone played Perlod Friedman. I forget, it was Ike or somebody else. Uh, they had an absolute name that he didn't know about. He only knew their UB name and they played him and won a bunch of money and he accused them of multi-accounting. And it's like, I just have an account on the other skin yeah. on the network. Like it's totally legit, but it was such a, a big deal. But I mean, I guess there you're still, you have a finite number. And but, um, I mean, I, I guess, guess there's so like many. iPoker has like 40 or 50 or may- maybe even more than that skins. I was just going to say, I guess there's a lot of skins on a network. So who cares? But. Yeah, some networks have restrictions. Like I think Everleaf, you're only allowed like one or one or two or something ridiculous. Um, I know one or two accounts. I know merge. You can have other accounts, but only one of them can have rake back, and so there's you're a little limited. You can't grind on a bunch of accounts, or you're kind of costing yourself money, I guess. But yeah, but really, I mean, if you're playing those high stakes, like rake is not as big of a concern. Like it's such right. a small percentage of the stakes you're playing. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like, and the chip dumping, like, if it wasn't a track, oh, it wasn't a track side at the time, and if they, if there wasn't the bluff challenge going on, like, that chip dumping, it was, it didn't give an advantage to every, anyone at all. Um, whether they did know or didn't know that the challenge was going on is kind of unknown, and I think nobody will ever know. But, you know, all, all of these things they were trying to hide were, were, like, not that big of a, I mean, they were wrong, but they weren't that big of a deal, and so it's so strange how it's all been handled and turned this other than the, the, the Jose part, like this kind of mild thing into like this huge scandal. Yeah. And I think to me, that's the thing that like, I mean, like I read doggy's heads, like blog, like essays, like every time. <laughs> oh God. I mean, he had, he had more like farewell tours than like share, <laughs> like share or kiss or one of those bands that keeps coming back. But it was like, I'm done now. And then it's like, oh, I got one more thing to say, and that thing is really long. But it was, he kept talking like he's a victim, and everyone's dragging his name through the mud. And the thing yeah. is, like, he has, I can't imagine he doesn't understand how bad he made himself look by doing this. And he may be right. I'm sure if he had come forward with this, like, two plus two would have, like, kicked him in the shins and made him cry. But yeah. they wouldn't have been questioning, like, everything about him that has ever happened. Like, there's, like, I feel like it's opened a can of worms with, like, his entire career is now in question which maybe it should be, maybe it shouldn't be. I don't really know. I mean, he just, he seems pretty shady at this point. And I know people have talked about like, oh, he's going to sign another coaching site in a couple of years. People have a short memory. I don't know if that's true. This is the kind of yeah. thing that like, like just dangles over your head. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example, like Rodney King in the US. Like he's going to be known as the guy that got beat by the police like 20 years ago, even if, it's not going to hurt him, but people are always going to have that association. And if Dog's head is always like that guy that was involved in that scandal, you're not going to want him representing your site as a coach. Of course. And like the, the thing is like once he lied so much, even when he apparently started telling the truth, like nobody believed him, obviously. Um, and you know, that might stick with him forever. If he comes back in three years, like, and says whatever, like, like all the trust was completely gone. And even when he comes out with these threads now saying like, okay, this is how it really happened. Everyone's kind of like, that does seem more reasonable, but like, how are we meant to believe you? Like, this is exactly how you presented it before when you were completely lying. Yeah. Like, I feel like the bluff interviews, they're like, all right, here, we're just going to lay it out. And then like, 
Jungle Man agrees to an interview and he does an interview and it's like, oh, I lied during that interview. Let me do another one. And it's just like, really, like, I, I don't know. I have to wonder, like, are these people that naive to how the world works that they thought this would work? I don't know. I, I mean, I think so. I think that you can get so caught up in the poker world. And, you know, I used to hang around with quite a few high stakes players and be in that kind of deep in that community. And you, I think that it's very easy to kind of like lose touch with how the real world world actually works. And also I think those guys probably thought they're a little smarter than everyone else, I think. And they could just like kind of push this under the rug and nobody would notice. Yeah. I, it's just, it's so weird. It's funny though, because I think it was like two separate incidents happening separately. I think like Daga's head thought he could take this Jose and use him to like, you know, make some money and like build up his own reputation as the guy that trained the prodigy. And mm-hmm. I think Jose was like, aha, if I just get it in with some like really famous coach, my stock rises. And they were both trying to kind of scam each other a little bit. And then it just like blew up all at once. Like, I don't think they were involved in what he was doing, but they also are the ones that put him in that position by sort of like not by vouching for him when I don't think they questioned his winnings and stuff that just doesn't make sense to me like the who would fake a graph argument everybody yeah 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 i mean not everybody i wouldn't i'm sure you wouldn't but i mean you're in australia maybe it's a criminal thing i don't know but i don't think it's that sort of thing like it's like oh they just said it's true and they sent me a screenshot like no one photoshops anything these days so it must be true it just seems sort of silly yeah definitely um and One thing that's kind of interesting, and it's not at all, like, accusing of anything, but um, in Doggy's Head's seminar a few weeks ago, he was talking about how important it was to get sweat sessions and always be getting sweat sessions and, and, you know, get sweat, sweat, sweat sessions from people better than you and follow what they say and when they tell you to check raise, check raise and stuff like that. When they tell you to play a fish, play a fish. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then a few weeks later, all of this stuff. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. It's sort of an awkward coincidence. I mean, that's the thing. I think the whole thing is a bunch of like really weird coincidences all piled together, which has made everything else look worse. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad they just, I mean, what they should have done from the beginning, like, here's my story. I'm done. Let everybody sit there and make things up, but at least like you're not confirming things that like now you've said basically, I lied to you, but now I'm really done. Okay, yeah. I lied to you one more time, but now I'm really done. And like, I just, I think he could have come back from it if they had just said, look, here's what happened, walked away. And then in a couple of years, like maybe people would forget, but. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's, Um, it's an integrity thing now. It's not about multi-accounting. It's about being a shyster. Yeah, definitely. Um, Um, Yeah. So in the spirit of awkward transitions, why don't we uh, throw it to the interview? Um, We got the antlers or Tim coming up. We'll, we'll be right back. All right, guys. We're here with uh, Tim. Say hello. Hello. Welcome. You, I know you're very excited to be here. Um, Dude, I'm so jazzed. Yeah. As I referred to you on Twitter earlier, you were a troll in training. So this is welcome to a crash course. Oh, I am? I'm officially in now? Yeah, you're in. This is it. You, I mean, you you sent me the check, no, I, right? I haven't what? Che- I haven't checked the mail. You sent me the money for this? Um, Checks in the mail. All right. Uh, mail. Yeah, we'll I'm going to 
throw in some false things, and I'll tell you what they are afterwards. Um, so, I mean, to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, poker background? All right. Well, um, my poker background, uh, I got started sort of way late in the grand scheme of things, sort of like 2009, uh, watching Two Months Till Mil- Two Million, actually. Um, I was watching that, and I first turn it on, and I see, like, all these people just throwing all this money around, playing poker, just, you know, doing it big and all this stuff, and I was just thinking, you know, this is awesome. So I went, and I, like, deposited some money on Poker Stars, and, of course, lost that almost immediately. Made a couple more deposits, you know, tried it, you know, donked around for a little bit until I found Deuces Cracked, and then I actually started trying to work on my game. And then things started to, you know get going a little bit, stringing some wins together, you know, not exactly doing well, but, you know, doing all right. And then Black Friday hits, so I'm basically back to zero again, and I'm, you know, trying to work my way back up now, and here we are. So you actually, were you playing with friends and stuff before Two Months, Two Million, or was that like your poker introduction? That was officially my poker introduction. That's so my, wow. so interesting to me. I, I always assume that show was only for people that already either like played internet poker or like played with their friends or whatever. Well, obviously not. <laughs> Did you get too much million down there, Mitch? Uh, no, I, well, not on like a network, but you you could get it off the internet. Is that like a currency problem or something? Like, I mean, what is two million down there? Like, you'd have to call it like, <laughs> two months, like two million three hundred thousand. Yeah, well, the Australian dollars more now than the American dollars it would be. Yeah. Oh, no, it'd be less, but yeah. Um... Yeah, man, you guys messed <laughs> me up with your dollars. You should call it something else. Right. Anyway, I mean, so you joined Deuces Crack. Did you do coaching or anything, or are you just watching videos? Um, I'm just watching videos right now. You know, I'm kind of on, like, student budget, so I don't really have a bunch of cash to throw around, you know, hire somebody fancy. And, you know, I'm, I'm really sort of at the level right now where coaching, like, I'm, I'm playing, like, 4NL and 10NL, so coaching really wouldn't have that big of an impact on my game, except for, you know, it would pretty much be someone, like, standing over my shoulder telling me to play ABC, which, you know, policing yourself, making sure that you're playing ABC is kind of a big deal, kind of something you need to nail down, right? I guess that's true. I like people to stand over my shoulder and tell me that I'm doing things well or not, but I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to convince uh, that you're like whatever. I don't even know how many buy-ins that would be at four and L that's a lot of math, but you know, a coach is, I mean, you get a coach like Tecmo or something. I mean, not like a real coach, but him, but (laughs) yeah, but I want a coach that will actually show up and, you know, just offer free coaching on their blog and just never give it to anyone. Oh, snap. Snap. If you... uh, so you've been playing on Merge, Tim? Yeah, I've been playing. Well, first I started off on uh, Poker Stars, and then I left that. And then I went to Absolute Poker, and I think we all know how that turned out. So now I'm back on. So now I'm on Merge. Yeah. Uh, and how have you been finding the micro games? Like, are they full of regs, like with kind of the same idea as you since Black Fr- Friday? Um, kind of. You really sort of have to pick the right time. Like, if I go on, I don't know. It's just. Some some of the time the games will just be just completely dead, and other times I'll get on and there will be like four Italians and like a Greek <laughs> at the table and I'll just, just be like you know leaving burnt offerings to whatever god I can think of for that one. How do you find yeah. Italians? Where I have no idea. I'll just find. I'll just come up. I I'll found just it. Look 
bats into something. I'll just find them, stumble across them. I found a German once, and that was like it. I mean, that wasn't even that exciting. I just, I just don't understand why anyone is playing on Merge who is not in the same situation as you or I, where it's like there's nowhere else to play. I guess I'll play on Merge. Like, why aren't no these idea. guys on iPoker or something? I guess there are idiots in the world. I guess that's true. Yeah. And if and if we lose our roles on Merge, we will be among them, I think. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're gonna lose our roles on merge. Did you think you're gonna really lose your role on absolute? Uh, well, I knew that. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah, well, it's not like I had that much money on there to begin with. It's not like, well, I read something on some forum the other day about some guy who had like years worth of tuition on AP, and that's gone. So maybe I'm not that as bad. As someone else, maybe not as bad as like the guy next to me, but you know, I'm, that was pretty dumb. Yeah. Being on. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I'm. And, I just can't bring myself to put very much money on there. Still, I'm kind of hesitant because if I if this happens again, I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Like I should have seen this coming. At the same time, I want to play. Yeah. So. Well, I only put like forty bucks on, so you know, it's not that big of a deal if I lose it. But maybe like if I was playing as high as. Like you were, I don't know how high you played, but I'm pretty sure it was bigger than four NL. I'm pretty sure that if I was at like a higher level and I had to start way at the bottom again, I just wouldn't have time for it. That's actually that's actually like the primary reason I moved to PLO was I'm learning a new game at at low stakes instead of like taking a big step down. I mean, I'm playing a little bit of you know four NL, ten NL, but it is it's kind of frustrating. Like I feel like I'm back at square one again. But yeah, yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, do you think that playing anything other than ABC on Merge? I mean, can you get fancy at four NL? You think because oh, actually, because there are no. there are regs around, right? I mean, regs. I'm sure, yeah, there are regs around, but like the thing is, the regs that are playing four NL right now, like they're really good at like pre flop, but like post flop, they get really just sort of like weak tight, or maybe like or just sort of loose, and they don't really get crazy or get advanced too much. So I think, like, the people that had, like, all the money right now are either, you know, playing live right now or they, you know, left the country and are still playing on Poker Stars or whatever because I don't really see, like, a lot of, you know, skill. Maybe I'm not good enough to see it. Maybe it's happening all around me or whatever, you know, but I don't really see a lot of people going crazy and doing fancy stuff at 4 now right now. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what I'd expect, but then I saw threads of people that are all playing on lock together, and they're like, let's all join lock and play, and it's like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I don't yeah. I don't really want to get eaten up by the rake playing against other people from Deuces Cracked or training sites or whatever, but... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about the rake because I'm playing PLO, but... Oh, God. How bad is the rake? <laughs> it must be terrible. It's horrible. I mean, it's... I try not to look at it because it's just it is what it is. But it's just your heart just sinks every time you look at it. Yeah, I mean, my heart sinks a lot in PLO though. Like that's a really frustrating <laughs> game. I mean, I'm not playing a ton of hands. I'm only playing two tables at a time while I try and learn. And just having your aces cracked by someone that you know flopped a three is a little depressing. I hear Mitch knows a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I made the mistake of getting a lot of my PLO tips from Mitch, and maybe I didn't think about <laughs> his his expertise is in running bad. 
So exactly. If you want to if you want to run 150 buy-ins under EV, you know, use your guy. I didn't, mm. I didn't even know that was possible. And I watch Tolerance too, and I still. Yeah. Grinded out of that yet, Mitch? Uh, I'm playing No Limit now, where I just win every day. And there's like <laughs> no variance. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so easy. Yeah. Um, I guess. Go okay, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please. No, you. No, you're the host. Why am I the host? Who, made, who put me in charge of this? Um, I, left. Yeah, that. Wait, you think he was in charge before he left? That's not true. Well, I mean, what? he was recording everything. You know, he was the guy with so the he, fancy, fancy wear. So he was my engineer, is what you're saying? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it sounds like he he was the one doing the menial labor, right? I mean, I mean, he leaves and you suddenly don't know how to record stuff. You have us test whether or not you can record us or not before we. You know, get going. Yeah, you know why we do tests on this podcast? Because of the episode where Tecmo didn't record himself for the <laughs> entire interview. That's why we do tests now. <laughs> I'm still, I need, I'm still trying to get him to release that. We were gonna do it. It's sort of like that Garfield minus Garfield cartoon. <laughs> yes. But it's great that it's like Matt Flynn makes some joke about Tecmo, and we all laugh, and there's just silence, <laughs> and then we all laugh again. It's, it's fantastic. Oh my god. I mean, you think our podcast is entertaining, and if you do, I don't know why. But that is even better. Awesome. Let, me, let me tell you why your podcast is entertaining. Please. This is why I, I invited you. <laughs> my job, my day job right now is I take a stack of paper and I write paid on them and I put them in a box. Right. And so my saving grace during the day is to have podcasts to listen to. So like every time I get a new podcast, I'm just like, yes. You know, that's, that's you know, another hour of my life that I can fill up with, you know, something going on in my head you know and it's not just four hours of like you know writing stuff down on like a piece of paper which actually my hours are getting cut back now because we're getting a stamp that says paid on it <laughs> you made redundant <laughs> by the stamp i'm being outvoted by a stamp so just trials right now i've been and... developing this new technology now for years <laughs> Yeah, pretty soon I'm going to be fired because, you know, they can just, you know, put it in a computer and just push a button and everything's written down. But I was going to say, when they discover computers or printers, <laughs> you're in so much trouble. Because they're trying to hide it from them. <laughs> I'm just so lucky my boss is just doesn't want to spend money on anything because I would be just rapidly find myself just coaching boxing to get by, which does not pay much. Have you ever thought? Have you, have you ever thought about just telling him you have really neat handwriting and actually using a printer yourself? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Then what would I do all day except like, you know, listen to podcasts and do? No, the thing is, you don't have to do a ton of work. You just have to look like you're doing a ton of work. Oh, the that's what dream. Keeps, yeah, that's that's what keeps the boss off your back. You know, if I do a ton of work, if I get everything done and I'm just hanging out, you know. The supervisor walks by and is like, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing something? But, you know, if I do next to nothing during the day, but every time he walks past, I'm, like, scribbling down on whatever. You know, he's like, oh, good job. doing, working hard. Working hard. So if you just wrote fan letters to all the podcasts you listen to, you'd be just fine. Yeah, that would – yeah. I mean, what? I don't know. I don't know of any podcasts that would read my fan letters. Um, uh, you got one here. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You got one here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I would yeah. if you send me a fan letter, I will read it. Absolutely. Really? I'll send you an autographed picture of some, <laughs> something that you'd want a an cake. autographed picture of. I don't know. Yeah, of a cake. Exactly. <laughs> we'll lithograph of Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. And Tecmo next to a piece of cake. I'll take a picture of my trash can and sign it for you. <laughs> Is that not what you always wanted? Oh. That'd be great. I mean, you guys, you got to get, like, this is part of being a big podcast. You have to get the merchandise train going. Yeah. You know, you got to you gotta get on that. Would you like to buy a Badoogie All-Stars t-shirt? Uh, how much? I, I like that you didn't say no immediately. Uh, $20. Oh, no. It's, really, it's a really nice shirt, though. I've, I don't know. I've only, don't know. I've only worn it, like, three or four times. <laughs> um <laughs> oh sorry you i think you misunderstood it's not a t-shirt for the podcast it's a t-shirt owned by the podcast that i don't want anymore would you like to buy it for 20 dollars now oh uh, geez i don't know have you worn it while you're recording the podcast i i'll sell you this shirt right now oh uh, what size uh extra large oh no sorry you could you i have it's uh hung dry though you could wash it it'll shrink this is the weirdest interview ever yeah but, this is i feel like this is just going in circles but speaking of really. going in circles why don't we talk about your boxing coaching oh okay well um <laughs> good work <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean so you do you coach like how regularly are you coaching um well what happens is my um my coach the people that actually the people that the uh the guy that people actually go to let me save, put all my words in order here. Um, he run, he's actually um, got his own career to think about. And so he'll like run off to, I don't know, Kazakhstan to train. And he'll just give me like a laundry list of numbers of people to call up and like go out and train like while he's away. So I'm sort of like minding the shop while he's gone. Do these people know that you're not the guy they actually called? Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to blow up your spot. <laughs> they probably uh, don't listen it's safe uh, yeah i don't know you guys um you guys might be pretty big in the boxing world i don't know but um yeah of, co of course they know i mean the the guy that they coach the guy that they get coaching from is this big puerto rican dude and so of course when i when i show up i'm like you know 180 pounds dripping wet it's like well i'm not the guy so have you thought yeah, about but, drying yourself off before you show up <laughs> Why is he always standing? <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry, it's crossed, uh, it's crossed my mind, but you know, it's it's Chicago. It's raining here a lot. It's easier just to keep yourself damp so that the rain doesn't bother you. I don't under I I really don't understand the boxing world as much as I thought I did. Apparently, <laughs> that's why they always have a towel. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Got... That's I guess that makes sense. You would throw in the towel like you're just too wet. <laughs> <laughs> moisture is a big it's an epidemic in the boxing world let me tell you like you'll you'll go to hit someone and you'll just like right off there right off them it's terrible it's like they're all greasy and stuff it's an epidemic is that part of the strategy like being like sweaty and gross so the other guy doesn't really want to touch you oh you rub vaseline on your face uh before fights sometimes mostly because so the punches like won't cut you open because gloves, like, they can, like, tear your skin off. And also because it just sort of, like, slips right off. 
sort of like grease you up a little bit so the punches don't like land flush all the time. I, I had no idea. Yeah, I wow, this podcast, you know, simultaneously just a wealth of information and absolutely pointless. <laughs> that is half of what we've been aiming for. The wealth of information is new and I kind of like it. Um, so, I mean, do you find things that you, there has to be like mental focus things in boxing that apply to poker. Is that true? Oh yeah. That's actually like the, the thing that I've taken away from poker. Like I haven't made a ton of money from poker just because like, you know, I've been playing in a coma for the first, for the first couple months and haven't really done anything. And I'm playing four and L, but like when I first started poker, like when I first knew nothing about like, you know, all this stuff, I weighed like 270 pounds. I played like offensive was line. Was this dripping wet? <laughs> <laughs> this was just, I, I might have been moist at the time. Gross. But, <laughs> like, yeah, and then, yeah, but then, like, I learned all this stuff that you need to know in poker, like holding yourself to a high standard when you're playing and, like, you know, setting goals for yourself and, like, not letting yourself off the hook so easy. And, like, all this you know, mental focus and like making sure that, you know, you do everything that you have to and that you're completely focused in on everything. And like, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. And you could probably make a case that it's because of poker and the things I found out while, from playing poker that I'm in the shape that I am. That's surprising because I actually would have thought it would go the other way because, I mean, first, because in boxing, if you're not mentally focused, people are punching you in the face, which seems like a real incentive to like get your head on straight. But oh, that was a big problem when I first started. Getting pun getting punched in the face or paying attention? Uh, both. So how did you get into boxing? Did you? Uh, it was weird. Like my, uh, the guy that coaches me now like messed up his shoulder, and I was in this uh, like he went to like a physical therapist that I was going to for my knee when I was playing football, and like the doctor sort of like had us like rehabbing ourselves together or something just like hanging out and he just started like talking about boxing and stuff and then before I knew it I was at the gym just you know laying on my back in a daze while some guy stood above me wiping his gloves off and then the boxing started yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have boxing in Australia Mitch yes. um, I'm sure <laughs> we box kangaroos yeah that's right. I, I I forgot about that. Yeah, killer killer. Is, is that the part that threw you off when he said there was another guy and you're like, what's there's two people? Yeah, where's the kangaroo? No, they're in short supply here, so we have to box humans. Takes a little bit away from the tradition of the sport, which is really yeah. tough for the guy that has to wear the tail. <laughs> the snout. Yeah, those those costumes are no those costumes are not easy to move around and they had them on the amazing race earlier and there were people they were just trying to walk with those things and they had like the tails falling off and like the ears coming off it was it was a mess man it was it was just a debacle with those kangaroo costumes I don't on the amazing race I don't watch that show. I had no idea that there were costumes involved. I just know about the lady getting hit in the face with a watermelon that kept showing on the commercial. <laughs> that's like that's where it begins and ends for me. I know they're in a hurry, hence because of the name. It's kind of surprising, and there's a yeah. lady getting in the face of the watermelon. Those are the three <laughs> three facts I had before this. And that's really all you need to know to have a good time, I guess. That's true. In 
anywhere, if you know about those three things, you're set. Surprise rushing watermelons. I yeah. I don't know about that, man. You work on disproving that. Um, I think I will. Okay. All right. I'm still trying to figure out why you're so damp. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, now that you're playing on, I'm going to go back to poker because this box dealing right. with the kangaroos is really distracting. Paul, <laughs> we've just been spinning our wheels on this topic. Speaking of, inter- speaking of spinning our wheels, let's talk about poker. <laughs> oh, great segue. Thank you. <laughs> the going in circles one was not that great either. Um, I mean, do you have plans to kind of like put more money on and move up? Or are you just going to grind what you have until you have enough to move to higher stakes? I'm just grinding what I have right now because I don't even know if I'm going to be playing poker coming up pretty soon because the school that I'm going to now has had like some, I don't know, scandals in the past. And so like as a part of their, uh, their deal now, like we have to sign a contract that says we're not going to, we're not going to like gamble on the school premises or like during the school year. And I don't, it's kind of fuzzy. Like I don't really know how far that extends. And so rather than like, you know, try to play and get in trouble for it. I think I'm just, I might just stay away until like Christmas break or something. What about the game of skill argument? You think that would fly? No, no. They're like, it's really surprising to me. Like aside from the people that I talk on the internet, I can probably find one person in like the circle of people that I know that thinks poker isn't just blind luck. Do you try and play poker with those people as much as possible? Yeah. Ugh. They sound like fish to me. Yeah, there might be, I don't know. Like, it never really comes up, surprisingly enough. You don't just, when they say that, just say, like, heads up for rolls? I guess they don't really have rolls. <laughs> would, would they even know what that means? They probably, yeah, I probably think it's about, like, the, like bread or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, you head to a bakery, and it's like, what's this? Yeah I, don't, yeah, I mean, so what kind of scandals do they have? Do they have, like, people that were, like, having high-stakes gambling rings? Like, it's, like, uh, roulette wheels on campus? I know. I didn't really, um, I do, I know someone who goes there and said that people were, like, people were, like, caught playing cards or something and, like, got in some serious trouble for it. Like, that's really all I know about, like, what happened recently at the school. I don't really know what goes on. This place is sort of... The type of place that's going to, you know, bury any bad press that they get. Is it, I, mean, I was, I was going to guess, I can I can only imagine every school would try and bury bad press. <laughs> As opposed to one of those schools that don't. Well, I mean, there's schools that are like, we're a party school. We don't have education here. And like, they're really proud when they get listed on that party school list. Right. Like, like Chico State in California was like the top party school in like the 70s and they still advertise it. Like, that's your claim to fame. Yeah, there's like NIU by my house, Northern Illinois University. I don't even know if I could say that on the podcast. Sure. Whatever. Who? I don't. Why are you afraid of saying it? I don't know. I just, you know, people, lawyers and stuff. You know, it's. I don't know. Honestly, but, if they hear, if they, if by some chance there's a lawyer from NIU listening to this podcast, dude, this podcast is gonna take off. This podcast, there's no telling who's going to hear this. I'm thing. just saying, when they get to the part about you being wet all the time, they're probably turning <laughs> it off. Like, really? Yeah. I think, we've, I think it's safe now. Like, we have, like, distracted them. It's like we've turned the radio up really loud and their listening we, devices don't work. Tell us your secrets. We've just, had, we've just had a really damp summer here, you know? It's been, I don't know, global warming taking off. Just, you know, taking down off. 
<laughs> okay, so even that. So, so you had a damp summer. Why are you weighing yourself during the damp summer? Lay down. <laughs> Take it easy. I don't know. I have a pool too, so you know it's mm. it's sort of it's sort of tough to keep yourself dry. Like when you're when you're you know swimming laps all day, and then you get out to a thunderstorm, and it's just it's just like a whole mess. It sounds like a mess. Yeah, I know you guys don't have like rain over in California. I know Mitch, you live in a desert. If we've established. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A couple months ago on a thread that I created for you to answer questions, which <laughs> turned out horribly. Anytime yeah, you like, create a thread devoted to troll, I mean, it's sort of like deciding that you're going to tell someone a joke. Like, you're like, I have a joke for you. Like, you no, yeah, the, you it can only go. Yeah, exactly. It can, it can only go bad. Right. You've just kind of set the bar of like, this is like you've defined as opposed to surprise. I'm trolling you. Yeah, that was, that was just ill-conceived. That's like, and, you know, I. I can admit to that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm the troll in training, you know? It's like starting a thread saying, like, why does Nixon not like Tecmo? Like, that would be really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like all those threads. I did, too. I feel like that. Honestly, I feel like that was, like, my uh, rite of passage. Like, I was a real troll. Where now, when people complain about trolling on the site, my name gets mentioned. Oh, yeah, dude. Your yeah. name gets all the time. Both of you, too. It's like, oh, you know, the trolls, in parentheses, Nixon and Mitch. And every time I read one of those, it's like... Damn it! Passed over again. Why not me? Just fail to achieve notoriety. Are you making useful posts as well? No. See, you gotta balance it in, or they just write you off. It's yep. just noise. Yep. Oh. You haven't listened to episode six. We covered this. That's, the, oh, that's no. I did. Oh, I definitely listened to that. That was Mitch's episode, right? Yeah. I definitely listened to that. We I just, just didn't. I just go back yeah, and take notes. <laughs> yeah, have I you could, watched High School? Because when they talk about how to listen to podcasts about trolling in that one of those the episodes. Secret, episode nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know if that uh, I don't know if that pops up on my de my deuce is cracked. Oh. I know there's like secret forums and whatnot. Yep. Section nine. Section nine. What is section which suddenly nine? disappeared. Yeah. That was about that was the thing about that font, right? I don't know. Sneakers I think it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Sneakers was last seen being dragged into a black windowless van. That was actually, I mean, honestly, like of all my trolling, that was the one I felt the worst about. Because he really, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know he'd be so genuinely upset when I told him that Section 9 was about fonts. But yeah, there was like all the undertitles and stuff that suddenly disappeared. Yeah. So, like post counts, we had to start doing it manually. What was that all about? I'm like, <laughs> The white deuces crack sweatshirts that were in everybody's uh, in everybody's avatars that suddenly disappeared as well. Oh, I just changed. Yeah, my... I didn't even know what that was about. I just changed mine. Yeah. I got tired of it. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It was my uh, group coaching that we got from Tecmo. One of the guys in the group made everyone an avatar with a white sweatshirt, and so we just started using them. Oh, yeah, that's weird. He made you an avatar. He just took everyone's avatar and just slapped a white sweatshirt on it. I don't. That's sort that's sort of like for me, that's like the real life equivalent of like knitting someone a lanyard. It's like, oh, that's nice. It's but more like a friendship useless. bracelet, really. I mean um, I don't know. It's like I thought it was nice. I I appreciated it. Just thought it was it wasn't cute. cute. I just thought it was a friend I mean, if I were to take your avatar yeah. and like this moose were not wearing a white sweatshirt, you would probably use it. It's not it's, it's not a moose anymore, man. It's Iron Maiden. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that. What if work. I made you like one of like Ozzy Osbourne in a Deuces Crack sweatshirt? Would you use that? Uh, you're thinking about it, right? 
I'm thinking. I'm it's mulling not as it weird over. as you think. Now you're like that. Actually, would be pretty awesome. Well, what would... if you got a picture of Ozzy Osbourne in a Deuce's Crack T-shirt? Oh, that would be. It's been my goal. Track actually. him down. Yeah. I've been trying. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to like track down like famous people. Like I come across like like I met Muhammad Ali once. Brag. But I've been trying to like get pictures of like famous boxing people with my Deuces Crack rubber ducky. Like every time I like I went, I've been to a couple like pro fights, and every time I go, I have my Deuces Crack rubber ducky in the fu- in my pocket. Just <laughs> like if the if the opportunity arises, just to hop in some picture and hold it up. Yeah. Just so I can. Yeah, it's really weird that someone maybe an avatar. That's just bizarre. I'm just saying, you're a guy that has a rubber duck in his pocket at all times. They're going to assume you just got out of the bath. You're wet with a duck. <laughs> yeah, bad news. But like, so did you get a picture so, with Muhammad Ali and the duck? No, I, I failed. And uh, I didn't think of it when I was with Muhammad Ali. I didn't have the duck with me. This is more of a recent That's a plan. little better. I thought you were but, saying you forgot to take the duck out of your pocket for the picture. It's no, like, I, I had no. it in my pocket. That that would be even worse than, like, getting a picture of Muhammad Ali and a duck is bringing a carrying a duck around with you. It's just like, oh, there's Muhammad Ali. I'm gonna take a picture, and then having a duck in your pocket and forgetting to bring it out. I'd just be a double whammy. Yeah, just be a bulge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how old is Ali? Ugh, he's oh my god, he's he's incoherently old. So, do you think you'd be able to beat him? Like as old as Joe Tall when you say incoherently old. Uh, I don't know. There's there's sort of like a different measurement I think with boxers. It's like as you get older, your brain starts to go more and more, and yeah. before you know it, you're just like a babbling moron who is broke and you know lives in a gutter. So how do you think you'd match up against him? Uh, right now he'd still beat me. Really? Okay. Yeah. Respect for that man. Nothing but respect for that man. So, which professional boxers do you think you could beat? <laughs> um, let me. I'm trying to think of the lowest weight class available. Uh, damn, I don't know. Like, it's sort of weird. Like, the edge between like someone who has an idea. It's sort of like the edge between someone who has like an idea of boxing and like someone who has no idea of boxing is just enormous. And then, like, once you reach a certain level, it's just, like, the devil's in the details. It's just, like, 90% cardio and fine-tuning and, like, strategy and stuff. It's like poker except for the cardio. Yeah, like poker except for – well, I don't know about cardio because, you know, some people do put treadmills up next to their computers. I've heard of person. I've heard of person doing that. I wouldn't say people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe – yeah. Maybe it's just bearded Seattle poker yeah, players. Yeah, hippies. Ugh. No one to call me. No one here to ride, call me a hippie anymore. Ha ha. Try to work on their bike made out of twigs. Yeah. At least you're putting twigs in there. Technically, thinks anyone who owns a bike is a hippie. I don't. Yeah. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, I mean, I own a bike, hippie? but I'm not a hippie. It depends what bike. Yeah, like, like it's just some like racing bike. You know, like, I don't know, if it's like one of those recliner bikes, I don't know if you're a hippie. <laughs> I, think, I think you're a nerd, though. Yeah. You're not, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, those 
those are huge by my house. You have no idea. There's like five on the road. Oh, so you're talking about the two wheel one or like the three wheel one? No, like the two wheel one where you're just, it's sort of like you're reclined and you're like, the pedals are way in front of you and you're in like a chair. I've seen three wheel ones like that that are even nerdier. So, because then you don't have to even put your foot like, down, you just relax. The only step down from that would be like a Segway in terms of just terrible transportation ideas. Yeah. It's like there's just there's just no way to salvage your dignity after riding one of those. It's just like you're riding down the street and you're just saying to yourself, oh, God, I hope no one sees me. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. I mean, I guess it's like, look all this money I have. I could buy something this dumb and this expensive. I don't know. I I think... I think there are some pretty poor people that have some pretty uh, dumb stuff. I guess. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. It's entirely possible. I, I guess. I feel like um, if you go to a, like a store, I don't even know where. Do you go to a Segway dealership? I'm not even really sure how they sell those. Yeah. Where, now that you think, where do you get Segways? I don't know. I always assume they're just one of those things that, like, if you really, really want one, it just sort of happens. Like, because who goes out like, I think I'm going to look at Segways today. Uh, I think I'll wait for the next model. If you just wish really hard and shows up I was thinking, Well, not on your pillow. That would be uncomfortable. I was thinking more like someone came to your door. They're like, I'm here to sell you that Segway you wanted. I don't know if it would be <laughs> go, uncomfortable. Go a Segway be, it would just be extra magical for me if uh, if someone just showed – if a Segway just showed up under your pillow. I think that would just – I don't think that would be uncomfortable. I think that would just be Well, amazing. two things. Physically uncomfortable because it's under your pillow and it's quite large. Two – that means oh, someone yeah. rode a Segway into your room, stuck it under your pillow, and left. What else did they do? Not if, not if it just magically What if they appeared. dried you off while, while they did that? That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, be, oh, there actually are Segway dealerships. I'm looking at two of them right now via Google machine. Wow. Yeah. There's rentals, and there's service, and then there's authorized tours of Segways. Yes. So if you ever see like a, a flock of segways just driving down the street, you know, you're nearby a dealership. I do not there. understand that. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even think those things were driven anymore. Oh, see, so even though I am not as much a hippie as people think, I do live amongst them. Oh, yeah. Like Steve Wozniak, who co-founded Apple, has like a fleet of segways because they play segway polo, like, you know, polo like horses, except they're on segways. In his yeah, field, yeah, yeah. like on his property, like there's a bunch of rich people that play Segway polo, so yeah, that's a lot cheaper than normal polo. Less I guess. poop, well, a little less poop. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I forget what I was even watching, but there was like some. I don't know. My my mom had like some Travel Channel thing on, and it was like a pol. It was like the cost of running a polo team came up, and it was just ridiculous amounts of money. You had yeah, to like, I mean. I think you need like eight horses per person or something, and you like yeah, swap out like, like every five or ten minutes. Yeah, you've got like there's like a bunch of people, and you pay them like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then you have to buy them like, yeah, like eight or nine horses, and those are like, you know, anywhere from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars each. And then you gotta like travel them all over the place. I had no idea you guys had like a a bond of polo. <laughs> uh, it's just that I'm just a wealth of knowledge really i guess I, yeah yeah i'm just a moist well you're just a, a sponge of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> the moisture is knowledge you knew 
Yeah. <laughs> um, on that awkward note, maybe we should wrap it up here. Um, all right. So, all right. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I hope, yeah, I hope this is all that you expected it to be and a little bit more. Oh, all I expected and much, much This should more. help your troll cred, though. So just let people know if they're like, who's this yeah. guy? You're like, I am a troll in training. Yeah, I'm kind Put of a big resume. deal. I was on Badoogie All-Stars with Nixon and the Grouch and Mitch. Yeah. yeah. I think that's – you might want to listen to the episode six, though, so you know about content posts because if you – yeah, if you just keep back, posting that back. and don't like study old material, you'll never move forward. I'm, I'm suddenly dreading the prospect of this interview going on the internet. Yeah, I I would be too actually, but yeah, I'll just edit out the embarrassing parts I... of myself and just leave you saying things about being Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the interview just ends up with me just saying how damp I am for an hour. I think we just found <laughs> the title of the episode. Anyway, uh, thanks for All being right. here. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. That'll do it for this one. Uh, thanks to Tim again for coming by and sorry for all of the discussion of his uh, dampness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he brought it upon himself, I guess. Like, I, this is why I don't weigh myself while I'm wet. I don't, <laughs> it's not a fact I have. Um, as, as always, uh, follow us on Twitter, Badoogie All Stars, um, iTunes. You know, give us a rating if you enjoy what you heard. If you didn't, then don't. Um, and the announcement I wanted to share with you guys that I have been kind of, I've been talking to Fender Jaguar about this. He's doing freepokercoaching.net. We're going to move the podcast over there, um, kind of be more weekly. Um, it's really not going to change much. I told him it's useless drivel and he said that's fine. So he gets what he asked for, I guess. But we'll probably have some, you know, more strategy-based discussion um, as great as the strategy Tecmo and I did early on. We actually have maybe have someone who understands poker talking about strategy. Um, but yeah, so that's coming soon. I don't really have a date for that yet. If you're subscribed on iTunes and you keep subscribing there, you'll keep getting it. So that would be the best way. Um, if you want to read Mitch's blog, it's on Deuces Cracked. I think it's deucescracked.com slash blog slash Mitch, I would guess. Yep. I don't actually know the addresses for blogs. I just click until I see your name and then I read your blog. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, again, going to try and stick with weekly. So hopefully uh, this will get out midweek again and the next one will be out midweek and it'll be like a pattern and you can predict it. And then once I have you <laughs> hooked into that, I will break it and do something totally different. Um, anyway, so this has been Nixon the Grouch. And Mitch. All right. Later. <laughs>